to Blurred United, whoever you are, wherever and whenever you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. I'm Disa, as ever with Yazzie, and we're just a blurred couple, navigating our way through all these geek fandoms and uniting them for your consumption. Okay, so we got a really super duper great show for you today. Um, we got the news coming through. Yeah, we're flashing through the news that was um, since the last time we talked to you guys. Um, we are uh, reviewing some stuff, um, series, various series that came out this week, as well as a video game, Starfleet, Star Trek Fleet Command. You get to find out what our thoughts are on that. Uh, but first, I want to talk about this. When I was a kid, uh, something happened. Uh, it was um, we, me and my brother. We used to get into all kinds of fights, all kinds of fights, you know, over all kinds of random crap. You know, I mean, we're, we're brothers, you know, young boys will be young boys. Um, but this one time, the, there was, my, my mother bought some Coke. My mom bought some Coke. It was one of those nice glass bottles and, you know, um, it was a nice big bottle, the 1.25 liter glass bottles. And if you know anything about Coca-Cola, you know that Coke out of the glass is better than Coke out of any bottle. It don't matter. I don't care what anybody says. Everybody knows this. This is a fact. This is a proven, hardcore fact. Coke out of the bottle is better. But what happened was this. Um, it was in the fridge. Our mom bought it, and then she went away. You know, she was, uh, I think she was out talking to her sister or something like that. And um, we, me and my brother, both got to it. It was there in the fridge, and we both wanted it. We wanted it bad. So we now, we both wanted to be the first one, because brothers never trust each other. So what happened? Well, we fought over it. We fought over the bottle. We were, it was literally in our hands and if we fought over the bottle and then, you know, we neither one of us wanted to share. We couldn't just like bring out two glasses and pour. We wanted to be the first one to have it. We wanted to have more of it than the other person did. Because um, we were afraid that the other person is going to screw us over. So we couldn't take, we could just couldn't share. We, so, and then what happened? The bottle broke. It just dropped to the ground and broke. And... All of a sudden, no one has any Coke. We got a lot of glass, a lot of Coke, and you know what happened? Our mom came over here, and she spanked the hell out of us. She spanked us both, because we couldn't share. We broke a bottle, and she had to go clean, the, clean that crap up. I mean, we did, but, you know, she, she convinced us that now she has to do it, even though we did it. You know, parents, right? It taught me a big lesson. It taught me the lesson that sharing, being able to share with somebody is a very important skill. It's something that like I teach my kid, it's something that I'm sure you were taught as kids and something that you might be teaching to your kids. Being able to share a resource, a finite resource, or a resource that is well-loved by everybody is very, very important. Because it is better to have some of something than none of anything. And that's a lesson that I learned that day. It's a lesson that I think Disney and Netflix might have to learn in the coming year. Because they are canceling all kinds of shows. Disney and Netflix, as we know, can't seem to get along regarding the Netflix Marvel Universe. The Marvel Netflix Universe. They can't seem to get along. And that's why the shows are getting canceled. Everyone is speculating. There's no word coming out about why these shows are being canceled. We've heard creative differences. We've heard 
um, or just general silence. The cast and crews of all these shows have not really spoken out about it um, as to why the show is getting canceled. They haven't given been given an explanation. They just heard that you no, know, the show's canceled. Their Daredevil season three is the most popular season of any Marvel show ever. Season two is still the most watched season of any show in the history of Netflix. Season three, not close, no, not far behind. In fact, it was so friggin' popular. I think it has the, the largest one-day viewing of any Marvel Netflix, of any show on Netflix. But why can't they share? Why can't they share? It makes no sense to me. You have the most pop, a, a resource like this that is so popular, so well-loved. Why can't they share and make everybody happy? Why can't they just break out some glasses and say, hey, you take a bit, we take a bit. You guys are doing great work, we're doing great work. Let's just share and make sure that this product is the best it possibly can be for both of us. So we can both enjoy and have the fruits of our labor enjoyed by the general public. Because here's what I'm worried about. That these shows are gonna, Disney are, are, are causing a fuss. They can't, they can't share with Netflix and so they force Netflix to cancel it. The question for me is, what are you going to do with it? Because these are properties that are popular. Say what you will about Iron Fist, but people don't want Iron Fist off the air. They wanted, they wanted a different actor, maybe. They, wanted, they thought that the show was bad. They could be improved in terms of choreography and storyline. They don't want ne- nothing to be done with Iron Fist. Maybe retool it, put, put Luke Cage with it. But they don't want it gone. They, we want it better. Say what you will about Luke Cage, but it was well liked. People liked that season. People liked last season. People liked the show. People like my culture. It has really great villains. And Daredevil, I mean, come on. It's really, really popular, man. So my question to both Disney and Netflix is, have you, are you doing this for the benefit of, because you genuinely have no differences you have genuine differences between each other and whatnot or have you just broken a bottle have you just broke broken the metaphorical bottle of coke because we love that product that's in there and if you break that metaphorical bottle trust me the fans aka mom is coming to spank you because they're not going to like what's happening try to avoid that spanking come out with some news anyway um i think we got the news coming up next enjoy that all right, we're not going to waste any time in this news section. We're going right into the news. So let's get into the very first story. It centers around Michael B. Jordan. Uh, apparently, Michael B. Jordan uh, has come out and said that he sought therapy after playing Eric Killmonger in Black Panther. Um, he's not the first actor who's you know, suffered from mental health problems after uh, playing a very, very dense role. Uh, many people found a, a bit of themselves in playing Killmonger, but the role necessitated a certain level of violence and a certain level of dark thought that I completely understand that if you have to inhabit that for months, um, it makes sense that you know you might want to decompress somehow. Um, I credit Michael B. Jordan for coming out and talking about this because you know if there's one thing that men don't do enough of is talking about mental health with other men or gen- just generally the public. And uh, we have seen a spate of suicides that have come out over the last few years. And But credit to Michael B. Jordan for actually talking about his own health problems and actually seeking help himself. 
Um, moving right along, Blue Beetle. Yes, Blue Beetle is actually happening. There was a little bit of um, kerfuffle about this, but um, Blue Beetle obviously is the DC character that has a scarab attached to his back and you know, it gives him superpowers. It gives uh, the character superpowers. He's a Latin American uh, character, and he is um, he's superpowered by Alien Scarab. Look, Blue Beetle is not the most interesting character to me on the surface of it. Um, I think that there's a lot of characters like him, you know, superpowered by an alien, this, that, or the other. But what makes him unique is the fact that he can't get it off. The Beetle is a part of him. If he gets it off, he dies. That is interesting. I think that the fact that he's Latin American also is very, very interesting. It's um, I don't think we've had a Latin American solo film yet. So I think that's that's going to be really, really interesting to see. I look forward to it. Um, moving right along, Chris Pine says he had a surprise role in Into the Spider-Verse. Apparently he plays the original Spider-Man in the movie. Um, and uh, and another actor plays the character that we see regularly. Um, he plays the actual first first Spider-Man. Um, so that's that's interesting. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this movie. It comes out in a couple of weeks. I'm really looking forward to watching it. Um, the Russo brothers have told Cap Captain America, aka Steve, uh, Chris Evans, that look, we're not done with you, man. I don't know why you talked about it, but he, they said it was more emotional for him than it was for us. But that's because we know he's not done yet. I don't. They did. They didn't elaborate on that, obviously, because the Russo brothers are dicks that way. They just don't want to tell us anything or give us any sort of details. But they did say that Chris Evans is not done with Captain America. That is very, very interesting. We're going to be following that one closely. Hopefully, if they ever give us a goddamn trailer, we'll <laughs> we'll we'll know a little bit more about what they mean. Uh, moving right along and keeping into line with the Russo brothers, they did confirm something else. They have busted a major fan theory about the Hulk and Loki. Loki obviously is the god of mischief, and the Hulk, uh, aka Bruce Banner, could not turn into. Bruce Banner could not turn into the Hulk in, in Infinity War. Now, there's a fan theory going around that that Bruce Banner was actually Loki in disguise. And that he that's why he couldn't turn into the Hulk, because he wasn't the Hulk. Now, the, the Russo brothers have absolutely come out and said, no, 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 guys, guys, come closer, come closer. He's dead. That's it. He's dead. He's gone. No, Loki, Loki's dead, guys. Relax. That said, I had a different theory, actually, that Loki didn't die, but is somewhere else. That he's going to come back again in some other instance. Because if you look at that scene again, he's gone for too long. I think that he played his greatest trick ever and actually faked his own death and is somewhere else. We all know Loki loves faking his own death, so even though... And there's a moment there. There's a moment where Thanos is holding Loki, he crushes his neck... As he's crushing his neck, he, he just sort of gasps. He's like, <sighs> and I was like, why is he doing that? That was more interesting to me than anything else. I think that Thanos knew in that moment that this is just another illusion. But he wanted to give Thor a nice big fuck you. And he assumed that Thor was going to die. That's why he dumps him there and says, no resurrections this time. But also, that could mean that no resurrections this time might mean that he doesn't have to resurrect because he's not dead. Anyway. Um, 
stars of the Stranger Things have come out and said, look, there is more Stranger Things on the way. Do not worry. That is interesting. Now, we, this could be that Netflix are just ordering more of it because it is an anchor show and knowing that Disney Plus is on the way, they need as many anchor shows as possible because Disney is about to take all the monies. Um, that is interesting to me that he is that that they've come out and said that and it's more interesting from a Netflix point of view than a Stranger Things point of view. Um, although I do worry that like as the kids grow up, are they going to grow up right um, and be as attractive to watch as they were before? Who knows? Are we going to want to watch to go through that whole process of puberty with them? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm curious about it. I think everybody else is curious about it. So, you know, I could watch these kids forever. So I'm not going to complain if there's more Stranger Things to come. Uh, what else? What else? What else is going on in the news? Ah, Zatanna! Yes, Zatanna. Obviously, Zatanna is a DC character's DC Comics character um, who is a, 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 a magician. Now, apparently, the story goes that Zatanna is getting her own live-action feature film. Now, this is interesting for two reasons. Firstly, it's another woman getting a character, getting a major film role in the DC universe, following a nice trend that they're going on over there. But more than that, what is interesting over here is that it's taking over the Flash's uh, release date. That's what's most interesting to me here, that they're pushing back Flash in order to put Zatanna in there. Now, that's early 2020, which gives the Flash a different date. I forgot when they moved it to, but this follows on with a very interesting trend to, to me, that they are pushing away well-known, well-established characters like Superman, like Batman, like the Flash, in order to cater to the female characters and the young characters within the DC universe. Pardon me. Now, the future seems to be very clearly female as far as DC goes. It's followed on from Wonder Woman getting a date, getting a second movie, as well as Birds of Prey getting a movie, and now Zatanna's getting a movie, and the off and the of course Supergirl getting a movie. That's four separate projects involving women. I think this is a smart move. Be the thing the, your competition is not. If there's one thing that Marvel are, is they center a lot of their stuff around 26 to 35 year old men, white men. This is very different. Birds of Prey centers around a wide variety of women, and Zatanna, Supergirl, Wonder Woman, very different kinds of women. So I think this is very interesting, it's a good, good idea by them. Serena Season 2 trailer came out the other day. Yep, that happened. Anyway, moving on. The Daredevil uh, crew, <laughs> the Daredevil crew uh, said that they were actually caught, they were blindsided by the decision to cancel the Netflix show. I think we were all kind of blindsided um, when it happened, but I wasn't surprised. I was surprised more by when they announced it rather than that they announced it. We've, if you've been following us, we've been saying that they're gonna cancel the show. As, as they retool their entire universe to cater to themselves over there at Disney+. If you've been following, if you listen to what I said earlier, then you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, I think that Daredevil is going to get retooled. I think it's going to be repurposed and as well as the rest of the universe. 
but they seem to be caught surprised by it. I think that it's it's always sad. I'm I'm never sad for the actors per se. I'm more sad for the crew who had steady jobs. You know, they work outside the limelight, and when they get a job like this, you know, they love it. They know that they 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 got hired. They can work and so on and so forth because they're not getting crap loads of money. There's no ten million dollars getting floated their way. They're steady jobs, maybe fifty, sixty thousand a year, and that's when that's lost. That's that's hard, you know. So I always feel sorry for crews, not really the cast. But anyway, I mean, I'm not. I'm sad for the cast as well because they, you know, popularity. But I'm more sad for the crew. Um, moving right along. We are getting into uh, more recent news. Clark Gregg, following on from Daredevil. Nice little segue there. Um, Clark Gregg says that he's come out and said, look, he's got nothing but love for the, for the work that the Daredevil crew have, cast and crew have done over the last three seasons of their show. And rightfully so. Clark Gregg obviously is gearing up for yet another season, for season six and seven of, uh, of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a show that isn't going to get cancelled at all anytime soon because it is a core component of how the Marvel Cinematic Universe links to the television universe. Um, I'm very excited. I would be... I'm, I'm not... I'm not uh, I wouldn't be upset if they actually uh, got themselves a, a little bit of Daredevil action on their show. I mean, after all, those agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. keep on getting entangled with the law, and I think they might need a good lawyer. Maybe there's a good lawyer somewhere around, floating around the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't know. Could he be Matt Murdock? Anyway. Um, there's a fan trailer that came out for the new Star Trek um, series centered around Picard. A fan-made trailer. I gotta, I gotta be clear about this. It's a fan-made trailer, but it is excellent. It is absolutely excellent. It, I, I got all gushy about it because it was, it was a, um, it was very emotional, you know, going over Jean-Luc Picard's tenure as captain of the Enterprise. It, um, he's one of my favorite captains. He's not my favorite captain, but he's one of my favorite captains. Um, my favorite is absolutely Cisco. I love Cisco. I thought he's his turn over there was just, yeah, it was, it was, is what I needed. Um, Birds of Prey, Birds of Prey, the film, the centered around the four femme fatales of the Marvel Cinematic, of the DC Universe, sorry, not Marvel, DC Universe, um, has officially started production. Now, uh, when they start production, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to see Margot Rob- Robbie on set just yet, but, you know, they're probably doing their second unit shots and things like that, but they've officially started principal photography, so they're shooting around stuff, and we're, we're not going to follow this hard. Um, we will tell you when they're done with production, and maybe share some stills from production that are shot by fans or whatever they release, but we're not going to follow it hardcore, because, you know, what are we really looking at? I mean, I do. I am interested in seeing some of the outfits, how they're going to change uh, Harley Quinn a little bit, how they're going to update her, not give her that um, slutty baseball player sort of look <laughs> in the movie. But yeah. Um, and last but not least, Captain Marvel, the Marvel movie that is coming out next year, got itself a new poster. And by the time this comes out, that you guys read it, hear this, they will have uh, released a new trailer. We all obviously got the teaser trailer, uh, I think it was last month, but the, there's going to be a fuller trailer coming out today, Monday. Uh, so look out for that. We'll post it on the uh, on Instagram and Facebook page. 
and uh, we're going to be really discussing it. Uh, what more they they give us? Hopefully, they give us a little bit more Jude Law because we're all kind of interested in like how that fits in. I want to see more Jude Law and more, more, more um, Clark Gregg. That's what I really want to see more of. And you know, give us a scroll. What are scrolling? A real scroll. I want to see what they, how the scrolls look, because um, the scrolls are one of my favorites. Anyway. That is the news. Uh, call in. Uh, you can send us a voice note. You can text. Uh, send us a DM. Drop right in our DMs. We are very, very keen on hearing your points of view on this. This and any any of the stories that we pointed out over here today. So drop us a DM. Inbox us. Uh, tweet us. Whatever it is you like. However you want to communicate with us, we are available. Um, so anyway, that's the news. Thanks for listening. Okay, let's talk about Star Wars Resistance. Okay, Star Wars Resistance obviously centers around the adventures of Kaz, uh, characters uh, whose adventures are set between Episode 6 and Episode 7 um, in the Star Trek continuity. Um, it centers around the birth of the Resistance. You know, the Resistance is already there, but it, it sort of follows on from it and shows you how it was constructed in a kid-friendly fashion um, to fight the First Order. Order, the first order. I don't know what order is. Anyway, um, the Star Wars Resistance is a look. This episode centers around Jaeger. Jaeger in this episode uh, encounters his brother, his long lost brother, who we find out a little bit more. It allows us to find out a little bit more about Jaeger's family, his family structure, and um, what happened to him with his brother, between his brother and a long time ago. Is apparently why his family have passed on and he hasn't forgiven his brother and there's a lot it's very very emotional this episode it, it, it gets it, it gets to the roots of the certain characters that you wanted to hear a little bit more about this show <laughs> this episode is really good i mean we're going to talk about that a little bit more just in a second but uh, first before we do that let's talk about what was good about this episode what was good about it was obviously the story between Yeager and his brother Jaeger and his brother uh, don't get on for for a lot of different reasons. Uh, Jaeger's brother apparently is uh, the reason his family's dead. They, the actions taken by Jaeger's bro to uh, insert some hyperfuel in a race, like uh, it, it led to. It think of hyperfuel as like Nas. So like he put some Nas in in, in his in his whip, and um, it led to the death of, and it led to. Jaeger getting knocked out of the race and uh, losing, and as a result, his for some reason we, that we don't know just yet, his family is dead because of this. Now that's very very interesting. That's all great. Uh, that's that that was the best bit of the show. And the worst bit of the show is how I keep of this episode is what I said last week about the show that I'm just still here waiting for some sort of mention of the Force, Jedi, Sith. I need this. Um, I needed this from this episode. You know, like, I, we're eight episodes in. I believe it's a 12-episode season, um, or 12 episodes before the mid-season finale. So, you know, like, we need we need more from this show than it's currently providing. Um, all right, that's what, what was best, what was worst. How do I rate this show? This season, this season, 
this episode is probably the best episode so far. Is, in fact, not probably, it is the best episode so far. It is, in terms of character development, in terms of how it moves the story along, how it progresses, it is easily the best episode of the show so far. It is the highlight of it, and that's why I can't watch the show. This is the last time I'm going to be talking about Star Wars Resistance. Unless, of course, I, I randomly get bored and, and get in and watch another episode. I'm not gonna cover it because look, it's like I said last week. What makes Star Wars special is the Force. When the Force being magic is what makes this science fantasy. Once you start taking away the Force, you're saying that this is no longer science fantasy; it is science fiction. The problem with that is, as a science fiction show. Star Wars is horrifically lacking. It lacks basic, it lacks the science part of, of the science fiction. Because nothing in it is very well explained about hyperfuel and how they travel and distances, the math of it all just doesn't make any sense. But we're willing to forgive that because we have this thing called the Force. We have the telekinetic powers in it. Telekinetic powers and mental powers and weird lightning that shoots from their fingertips. We have a lot of other things that distract us from the fact that this is not a very good science fiction show. And I don't want to watch Star Wars as a science fiction show. I want to watch it as science fantasy. The longer it goes on without science, without the fantasy portion is the less do I want to watch. So I'm not going to cover this anymore. It's probably the best episode yet, but that doesn't matter because just not what I want to watch from Star Wars. There are shows that do this better. Star Trek does this better. Um, Battlestar Galactica does, did this better. Um, you know, there, there are tons of science fiction shows that do what Star Trek is attempting to do here better than Star So, what Star Wars is trying to do here better than Star So, you know, watch those shows and watch this. That's my review. Tell me what you think. So, let's talk about Black Lightning. Black Lightning, episode uh, 8, I think it is, that we're on now. Um, last week's episode, last week's episode, sorry, centered around uh, you know, the, the, the babies. We left Jefferson Pierce uh, trying to find um, one of the children uh, that was kidnapped. And, uh, you know, I just, I gotta tell you, this, this storyline over here, they asked some real issues. They answered some real deal issues over here. I, I'm just I'm gonna get into it, you know, excuse the spoilers. But there's, there's there's a sequence that I don't think that I've ever really seen a black show really try to take on, particularly in in this sort of fiction, you know, superhero fiction. Uh, Jefferson Pierce is captured by, uh, by by this crew that has the baby, and he wakes up. And they're right in front of him, and you know, they start having a conversation. And she, and then he just blurts out, oh, you're racist. And she's like, now why did you jump there? And obviously she he looks over and you see the, the Confederate flag on the board. And you're like, that's why. And it started an interesting conversation over there. But she said, look, if you said you are black and you're proud of being black, Nobody sees you as racist. If I say I'm white and I'm proud of being white, 
that makes that racist. Now that's a very interesting idea. I think that obviously in this case, she was racist. She, she wasn't, she wasn't uh, perpetuating crimes and hanging white people up on these things. She just killed white people and then killed these in jail. But black people, they're, you know, they're, they're left on the screen. And uh, so I think, yeah, there's reason to think she's racist. But it, it, it is an interesting conversation about that. I think that they wanted to spark, spark a little bit of a conversation that they did. And I think that's the best part of this episode, that conversation that occurred. Also, um, I don't think the ladies are going to be mad at seeing shit Chris Williams shirtless. That's uh, that's actually a big component of this episode. <laughs> um, the worst part of this episode, it sort of drags um, in, in bits, but on the whole, it's not really that it's sort of drag, they're still not really convinced by the action sequences, although they did improve, they're still not up to par. I really want them to improve. Um, how would I rate this episode? I'm gonna give this a 7. I'm gonna give this a 7. Like, I think that this one is worth watching. The show continues to move up in my estimation. I think this show is a solid 7.5. I'm giving this a 7.5. It's just, it's really good fiction. It's really good storytelling. It's really good conversation that if you're not watching the show, you're sleeping. That's all I'm saying. Watch this show. Because especially this season, I think that it's, they're moving into some brave conversations. Some really brave conversations. Oh, worst part about the show. Stupid teenagers continuing to be stupid. God, I hate stupid teenagers. Anyway, that's a 7.5 for me. Tell me what you think. So let's talk Star Trek. Uh, we're going to be talking about Star Trek in a little bit again. Because um, it centers around obviously the, the video game. But Star Trek Discovery. Now, Star Trek Discovery came out earlier this year to radio music. It might have had the best first season of a Star Trek show ever. I don't remember feeling this way about the first season of a Star Trek show in my life. I don't remember. I don't remember that feeling that was like this. I think that this one, this show is special. And I'm looking forward to season two, where they need the end But the show's off air until next year. But what they have been doing to keep a little bit of a buzz going over here is releasing some shorts. Now, this is a very interesting direction for in the streaming format uh, for TV shows. Because week to week is great, you know, but how do you keep interest in, in, in a show when, 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 when it's off air for like four or five months? I mean, come up with a really good solution over here at CBS. Not short stories. Nice little shorts about this universe, about what goes on with some of these characters or stories within this universe that might have nothing at all to do with the universe. This is a great way of getting filler that feels like something that I applaud Star Trek because Star Trek is one of those rare shows, a truly rare show where the, the universe is so well defined, its edges, its corners, its mixed crannies and cracks are so well defined that it actually allows for really good creative writing. And that's what this, these shorts are all about. I've seen one of them so far, uh, this Calypso, um, I'm 
I'm going to watch another one later on today, but I don't have time to review it just yet. But this Calypso episode is what I'm talking about. It centers around um, the character who comes in, and it, it happens a thousand years in the future. And for some reason, the discovery is floating around some random bit of space, waiting for the crew, uh, waiting for the crew of the discovery to come back after a thousand years. Somehow, the ship has developed its own sort of sentience, its own attitude and whatnot. Because it had to, it's had to evolve, it had to clean itself. It to, and so I figured, why don't we even do anything this is all very interesting. Uh, the character comes on the ship and they sort of feel like they found and fall in love. And it starts asking interesting questions about it. And can a person fall in love with, uh, with an artificial intelligence? Is it really love? It asks question of what is a soul? But in a short story format. Um, basically, it's thinking. I don't know if any of you watched her that had um, her and the Joker actor, not Jared Leto, but the other guy, Joaquin Phoenix, and Joaquin Phoenix uh, and Scott Johansson, the voice of the AI. It's sort of, think of that story, but compressed. The two hours it is, 20 minutes. In 20 minutes, it makes you understand the edges and this is, understand this story and and really fall in love with it because the universe itself is so uh, that it actually allows you uh, because you can, you can speak in shorthand because you actually understand the stuff that you know you know you've seen so much of it that like yeah I don't need this explained and actually allows for short stories it's something that I think that we need to do with Star Wars tell more short stories about this universe uh, so they could do this with Indiana Jones any of the other properties, the Marvel properties. Christ, I would love, I would have loved a short story in the center. Like that Karen Page episode of Daredevil, that was a short story. I didn't need that in the universe. I didn't need that at all. I didn't need that in the arc. I just needed that somewhere. I can see that with a use of S.H.I.E.L.D. Absolutely see that. Where you can tell short stories that occur within, outside of this, outside of the normal continuity. I think that this short story in particular, man, this is, I, I, I was trying to do something else while watching it. You know, I, I, I was trying to text somebody, but I told them, hey man, here, I'm, here, I'm out to hit you back. You know, this is over. After about five minutes, grip, grip, the Calypso accent. Watch it. This is a solid. I'm going to give this a 7. I'm going to give this a 7 5 Calypso. Just because I wanted more, man. Make this a whole episode. Don't make this a short. Give me a whole episode, man. But I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of it. Uh, tell me what you think if you've seen it, um, and or if you haven't, tell me why you haven't tried to watch it. Calypso, Star Trek, 7.5. What can you I know I said it last week, and I'll say it again. This show is bad. This, what, what they're doing right now, oh my god, did you see that mid-season finale? Did you see that? That was crazy. That was legit, legit crazy. I didn't think that they could do this anymore, where they surprise, entertain, they, they do... It's everything you love about The Walking Dead. The fear of the dead coming troops. It was there, it was real, it was palpable, it was tense, it was... Man, it was an experience. Yeah, that, that's, that's the best I can tell you, it was an experience. If you haven't seen it, watch it, get it, get it on demand. However it is you, watch, you need to watch it, watch that goddamn it. Because it is 
it's everything the walking dead does really really well um this one is about uh, obviously last week uh, they went out looking for eugene um and because eugene encountered eugene and uh what was it? because Eugene and uh, insert name here um, went out and uh, they encountered a bunch of walkers that were never been um, these ones seem to be able to talk they seem to be able to talk they communicate and coordinate and remember uh, I remember last week I, I said what are these walkers are they being led by somebody are they being because if they're able to communicate and coordinate, that means there's a directive somewhere. There's some sort of coordination toward a goal. Having a goal indicates some sort of hierarchy, leadership structure. And we've got our best. Holy shit. They're not walkers. There's some people over here that are inside the husks, the skin of walkers. They put it on their face and whatnot. Now, regular readers of the comic books, which I just became a reader of. I'm just on that on the tenth one. I've been getting them slowly but surely. I'm just uh, reading them in a digital format um, of the Walking Dead comic. Readers of the Walking Dead comic will know that these are apparently the whispers, the long-mentioned whispers. Now, whispers, man. Whispers. I never knew anything about it until now. They apparently are capable of somehow they're able to do it. Human beings inside walker skins that can direct walkers to their own, bend them to their will. Holy shit! Have you ever heard a stranger, more terrifying, delicious concept than that? That is truly interesting. They refer to walkers and get them to go where they want them to go and use them. They use the dead. This is a new evolution of this show that I you wonder why they didn't do this earlier. Because I think that Rick would have been interesting in this, but I'm still glad he's gone. But it would have been interesting to see what Rick Grant would have done with this year. What Paul would have done with this year. I think that um, the best part of this episode is easily the bit where they're fighting the graveyard. That graveyard fight sequence with the big reveal is the best part of it, and um, it's also the worst part of it because Jesus gets stabbed. You know, I think everybody loves Jesus. Because Jesus saved, you know? Jesus saves, but he, he looks like he needs some saving now. And um, I'm curious as to what happens in the next episode because if Jesus needs to get some saving, just uh, maybe he's gonna wake, wake up after three days of slumber, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, that is definitely the worst part. This episode, I'm giving some because they really held off on that reveal very well. It was good television. I don't care about waiting. This show is back. As far as I'm concerned, Walking Dead is back. It is back to being one of the more watchable shows on TV. Maybe not the most watchable show, but one of the Love good zombie fiction. I know you do. Anyway, tell us what your thoughts are on that last episode and uh, where you went to go.
Alright, so um, we're at that point where we review something, and this week we're actually reviewing a video game. Not a regular video game, but a more video game. Some of you already know this, maybe some of you already playing it, but um, Star Trek Fleet Command is a game that was launched by Star Trek uh, not too long ago, and I started playing it, uh, what was it, Wednesday last week, I haven't stopped playing it, I got it, and within 20 minutes of playing it, I was hooked, I was, I was in it, and I didn't look up, I don't even know that it was 20 minutes, I couldn't even wait, because I started playing it sometime after lunch and I looked up and it was done. That's how much I was playing it. I, I just couldn't stop. I, I, I was just in it. I was, I was in it to win it and I loved this game. It, um, it's an RPG. So it's all about resource management, building resources, improving your, improving your base as you move along um, and grow and become better in the universe. And, um, it centers around uh, the idea of the three warring factions that are all an open conflict. And you can get in characters from all of Star Trek to help you and join your crew. Because uh, you are an independent. You're what they call an independent. And you, know, you can help all the sides up until the point where you have to make a decision. You can join the guild. You know, help the guild of independence work together to fight this, that, or the other. Uh, there are all kinds of pirates in the game, so there's lots of fleet combat. You can get more ship, you upgrade your ship, you can upgrade your, your, your space station. Yeah, you have a space station. That's your base. Five space station. That's, um, you can build new ships, you can improve the ships you've got, you can hire crew as varied as bones all the way to narrow. This video game centers around the JJ Force of Star Trek, or uh, we call it something else, don't we? I don't know. But, um, yeah, the JJ Force of Star Trek, that's a different version I dig that, sort of, because I've always felt like. This universe has potential, but like it just has not been used to. But and as a result, I kind of want to return to the traditional universe. Um, I think that this video game itself gives you a good impression of what it would be like in the independent space-faring captain, if you were, or a commander of a, a, a small independent fleet. It gives you a nice little snapshot. I think that if Star Trek are clever, they would have, if CBS, etc. were clever, they'd get a really good game developer, a bigger game developer, to develop this kind of game. I've always thought that Star Trek is sort of prime for a big, before it's, it's primed perfectly for gaming, for, for, for RPG games. I think that or, or a role-playing game or a um, real-time strategy. You know, I think that as a, or, 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 or turn-based strategy. I think that a Star Trek game that is in that sort of genre works. It's when Star Trek tries to go first-person that fails because 
12. Frankly speaking, there aren't that many left. I just don't think that it's that interesting because it misses out on the most important part of Star Trek. Rules. Being able to build a crew. Being able to work within a system is what makes Star Trek so special. It is about team. It's about family. Um, this game sort of gives you that idea as you selling this right but I'm going to tell you that get this game and try to not get it try really I failed I failed every turn I keep on trying to turn it off and I'm, I'm just I'm doing this instead of instead of other shit I should be doing that's how good a game this is um, so what kind of rating do I give it I give it I'm going to give this seven giving it a 7 simply because on the negative side you don't really see the space battles it's understandable it's understandable but I wish there were some animations for the space battles or maybe it's just not the phone that I'm using that doesn't allow me to see it um, but I, I, I can't see the space battles or maybe I just don't know how to see the space battles I'm not a but I can't see the space battles and I, I think that's one of the things that I love about Star Trek I love the space battles would take too much random or something, but if I can't see the space battles, like, that's half the fun, isn't it? You know, I can't see the space battles, but, um, what else is a floor for this game? Oh, just playing it on a mobile game, on, on my mobile device. I'm playing it on my phone, maybe if I got my tablet out, I can try playing it there, it would be more things to play through. I'm going to try that in a little bit, but I think that if this had just been... I still remember playing Birth of the Federation all those years ago. And it was my kind of game. they strategy to it. I still have my CD ROM. <laughs> yeah, CD ROM. Um, I still have it. Because I want this as a full game. I want a full game that is like this. Maybe you guys are. Maybe there is a full game. This is 7.5, and I'm loving it, and I think you will love it too.
So, you like the show? Or maybe you don't. Maybe you want to ask us a question, or even better, give us an answer. We have so many questions. Well, you've got a few options to get that done. You can, of course, tweet us at Blurds United. You can DM us on Instagram. Um, that's also at Blurds United. Or you can chat to us directly on Facebook or go to our group there. Join, please. We always welcome new members. Or if you're really feeling up to it, you could get the Anchor app and send us a voice note and you can get your voice on this show telling us whatever it is. Hell, if you ask a really good question, we might even call you in for an interview. How about that? 